our cars will break down. And when they do, the repair bill can be devastating. Not anymore. You need Protect My Car. Whether it's a car, truck, or SUV, you can stop paying expensive repair bills. Call Protect My Car at 800-392-8795 now to see if you could qualify. Just tell us the make and model and get an instant quote right over the phone and get coverage today. For cars between 2008 and newer, expensive repairs for the engine, transmission, and much more can become a thing of the past. Call Protect My Car at 800-392-8795 now before your next repair bill hits. For total protection of your car, truck, or SUV, and less repair bills, plus free oil changes, free tire rotations, and free roadside assistance. Just call 800-392-8795 now. Protect your car and your wallet. Call 800-392-8795. Paid for by Protect My Car. Restrictions may apply. Plans and costs for coverage may vary. Good evening, Detroit Lakes. This is the Vikings Territory Breakdown. I am your host, Joe Johnson, owner of VikingsTerritory.com, PurplePTSD.com, MiniIce.com, and finally we can announce our newest site, FranchiseTagged.com. It's a general NFL site run by Dustin Baker, uh, who is one of the senior Vikings insiders on the our, our Vikings network, and he's put together a really cool team of uh, social media NFL heads that uh, so far have been cranking out a lot of really great content, a lot of free agency content. So definitely keep an eye out for FranchiseTag.com. Follow them on Facebook and or Twitter. Uh, but I am here, as always... I, don't, I live by the airport, so I don't know if you could pick up that sound that just went by, but that was very Dunkirk-esque. Um, mm. I'm, I'm trying to build anticipation. Uh, Mr. Joe Oberly is here. Per hey, usual. Joe. Yeah, you should have had a, a, a website called AaronGoBrow.com. Yeah, uh, it's uh, someone snapped that up, unfortunately. Problem. Happy St. Patty's to you. You guys wearing green? Heck no. There's yes, a, sir. There's a there's a penalty there. Uh, yeah, I, my uh, my Irish ancestors are rolling over in their potato famine popper graves. Uh, what a dark start to the show. Uh, how, how, how's your week going, uh, Oberly? You keeping up on all this crazy free free agency news that's in rumors and zaniness that's going on out there? I am. I've been kind of watching it. I'm I'm pleased so far, but uh, I'd like to see more. You know, I think the Vikings are doing some things to to at least get in the game, clearing a little space and and making some moves. So so far so good. But uh, I, they got a lot to do. So I'm I'm waiting for the total the total package before I can uh, really say it was a win or not. Yeah, I'm I'm seeing conflicting numbers as to what their salary cap space is. Um, from what I looked at right before the show, it looks like they have 16, 17 million, um, left, uh, but I've seen numbers as high as 30. I think that was, uh, maybe before the Tomlinson signing, uh, that math makes sense. Uh, but it's, I mean, for the listeners of the show, they'll know the last couple of weeks we've been mainly me bemoaning the lack of money that the Vikings had at that point and saying, this is perhaps the best off season to have a lot of salary cap money um, ever just because of the, the COVID cap and, and teams cutting, you know, the Kansas city chiefs cutting their, you know, 
their ta- uh, offensive tackles. Uh, we talked last week about guys that were, you know, Pro Bowl guys getting traded, um, offensive linemen for seventh round picks. Uh, there's just a lot out there, and a lot of the stuff I, that the Vikings have been tied to Shaq Griffin or um, Kevin Zietler that they uh, obviously didn't end up getting those players. But I wanted, um, as we are again, also joined with the 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 third corner of this triangle of influence by the most Irish of the three of us, Mr. Tim McNiff. Uh, I wanted to check in first and to see how your week's going, dude, even though you and I talk um, every five, ten minutes or I drive by your house <laughs> when, you're, when you're sleeping. Well, thank you. I, it's great to be here. Uh, I am uh, very Irish and, and happy St. Patty's Day to everyone out there. Uh, happy to celebrate. And um, yeah, I, I just I feel kind of bad for Rick Spielman and, 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 and Bob Brzezinski, because I think they must've been, you know, on vacation somewhere, or maybe they were involved in like a world-class Jenga tournament or something. And somebody <laughs> said, Hey, 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 free agency started. And they're uh-huh. like, Oh crap. We better see if we can renegotiate some contracts. Yeah. I mean, what the bleep. Yeah. We're not talking to Adam Thielen about his contract and, and everything else until we're, you know, we're actually <clears throat> in the tampering period. Yeah. It makes no sense to me. Yeah. I mean, the Vikings, it's just like this whole thing just kind of snuck up on Rick. Well, is that is that what we're getting, though, as far as we're learning that now? or And they may have started talks earlier. You'd, you'd think they, they, he must have been broaching this sooner. I, I, I see or, what you're saying, Tim. Yeah, maybe some of these guys like Anthony Barr were saying no way, and now they're saying maybe. Well, there is actually a tweet that I put in the agenda specifically about that because the wording of it confused me, and I want to read it to you guys um, aloud. Um, it's from Doogie, I believe, in regards to the Thielen restructure. He says, does sound like the reworking of wide receiver Adam Thielen's contract is more likely than not to get done, period. He says he is not giving back money. So does that mean they're talking? He, they yeah. are talking about a restructure, but That's Thielen, I would say. yeah. But if he's not giving back any money, does that there mean there are so that, many things you can do? You, you like can with, with you know, signing like, bonuses or something, yeah, or more guaranteed money over longer periods yeah. of time. Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't think they ever give money back. There, no, uh, uh, no, no rightful. Uh, agent would allow that to happen because it cuts into his commission, his or her commission. But uh, yeah, they'll they'll extend him or they'll uh, front load it with signing bonuses and such, and just you know give him the same money but give him in a different form that frees up cap space, right, Tim? Yes, and 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 as I've just learned this cycle, they don't have to really even ask. Teams have the right to do this. It's 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 written in. You know, this is the, one of these strengths that the owners have. But it's it's sort of like bad business. So you, you, you it's a courtesy to say, would you? And then you start to work on it with them before you're just saying, hey, good morning. Guess what we just did to you? Um, what are so, the parameters yes. for that then? It would have to be same length of time, just a different allocation structure of the money that was agreed upon. So they could just open their mailbox and maybe see like, oh, wow, I suddenly got 75% of my next two years in one check under signing bonus. Um, is that kind of what you're going for? I mean, they obviously can't. Like, that's that's where I'm headed because I'm okay. saying I didn't know this until this period. And I was watching somebody else's uh, Twitter exchange and, and somebody <laughs> said, 
the owners don't have to do this. It's a courtesy and somebody put underneath correct. It's written into their, you know, agreement, the, the, the uh, agreement they have with the players union. So I think it really comes down to what form does it take? How are they going to do it? What does the bonus look like? And I mean, the king of restructure is Tom Brady. And he's done it again. He, and, and the Vikings have modeled sort of Kirk Cousins after this to some extent. And it's, you know, I think this time if the Vikings were to go back to Cousins again, it would have involved an extension. And I don't think the Vikings are comfortable going down that road. So um, with Brady, of course, if you're Tampa, yeah, you, they, that's why he's now has a contract that takes him to where he's 45 is what he's always said. He wants to play till he's 45. He has that contract now. The Bucks have more money to, to work with. They've, Gronk is coming back. They've got a couple linebackers. But the fact that they weren't having these discussions with Thielen beforehand and with some of the other people that, that they've gone to, Rashad Hill, is sort of like, why weren't you having this before? And and they just seemed like they were caught flat-footed. I was going to say with mm. their pants down, so we use whatever one you, you want in, in this thing. <laughs> but they, they did have targets. When when this whole process started, they had definite targets, and and uh, they didn't get them. And they were outbid, and maybe in the long term that's a good thing. I, I just don't know now with Tomlinson, was this always their focus because nobody was talking about it but when you heard it it makes perfect sense so was that always their focus and they're and, just where the market was set and how much money they had i don't know it's a good point because you hear today that or at least i i saw on twitter today that the vikings claimed tomlinson was their number one target and you know maybe he was i i, I who knows you know they're, they're gonna say all this stuff and and that's where i get i don't get too excited too early with this i mean Last week we were talking about uh, Anthony Barr saying, nope, nope, not going to do it. You know, doing his best uh, George W.H. Bush impersonation. I'm not going to do it. So, uh, and now this week he's going to restructure it. So I, I always want to take it with a grain of salt what you hear coming out because you're going to get conflicting reports. You're going to have some of the stuff put out there just gin up controversy and, and maybe help it work in their direction. I mean, look what Stefan Diggs last year did. He started tweeting and eventually tweeted himself right out of Minnesota, which is what he yeah. wanted. So I just, yeah, there's so much comes out, so much comes out, so much gets changed. So much still happens. Uh, but uh, Tim's right. They should have been, if they weren't working on this, you know, for, for a long time, they say a free tampering period. Well, these people are talking and you don't want to tick off, you know, your, your best, uh, uh, players and surely don't want to take off uh, Adam Thielen, especially for the our listeners in Detroit Lakes for carrying out a lot on KDL. Yeah, I mean, you would have so. thought the first order of business after the off season or after the season ended, uh, uh, after filling some of the coaching vacancies, would have been how do we get under the cap? We know that COVID cap's coming up. There's going to be a lot of available players. How can we clear as much cap space as possible? Get under the cap first, then do that. Um, so you would think that they would have had a flow chart saying, well, if this doesn't happen, we need to do this. I think the other side of the Cousins thing, to kind of uh, go back to that for a second, is the fact that I, you know, I watched the um, NFL Films sort of documentary about his decision period, uh, the free agency decision period, and they were in his house with him every day. And one of the major points that I that I picked up on is that he's a very shrewd businessman and that he wanted a three-year deal specifically because he knew that once he got that big deal, it would set the market for quarterbacks. All the other top 10 
of 12 quarterbacks where we then go to their teams and say, well, this guy who hasn't won anything is getting this much money. I should be getting, you know, X amount more. And then uh, that led Cousins to be able to last offseason restructure and get, you know, $45 million guaranteed next season. And I think that I, I don't necessarily think that it's just a one-sided thing where the Vikings are like, we don't really want to extend Cousins because we don't know if we want him to be our quarterback after next season or whatever, I think they kind of maxed out any sort of realistic incentive they could give him, you know, because when he lowered his cap hit to 21 million last year, that up guaranteed money this year and next season. And they can't really do that again. Um, they could say, well, we can extend you and give you 45 million again the season after that. But I think cousins believes that partially, well, if I play well enough, and once the salary cap gets back up to normal, maybe I can make more money year to year. I don't know. He just seems very um, shrewd in that regard. So I think maybe there's a little bit more back and forth there than um, some people think. But uh, I have a question for Tim, though. Tim, you know, I'm starting to think about your point you're making, why this hasn't been happening sooner. It It, it is a good point. If, if they can do, as you said, uh, you know, just move the money over to bonuses and, you know, not even contact the, uh, the player until later or until the check arrives. Why aren't they doing this? Why aren't they structuring all contracts that way? You know, why, why isn't, why didn't they clear the decks months ago with, with all of this and, and, or just hit the ground running and go, and you know, while everybody, every Vikings fan is out here wringing their hands and every media personnel is telling the story, the fact that the Vikings don't have any cap space and we're screwed for this year. Why isn't this happening that way? What What's the advantage of, of structuring it a certain way and then just going right back in the next year and changing it back because we have cap problems and blah, blah, blah. I, I don't understand the, uh, the uh, ideas behind it. So yeah, can I, I add you- an addendum to that question? What if that at some point lead a super uh, wealthy team or a super wealthy owner to say, I'm just going to sign all these amazing free agents and I'm just going to pay them all primarily via signing bonus um, and keep their cap numbers at the veteran minimum and then just give them like $30 million each. Uh, I'm sure there's some sort of rule against that or cap against that, but it just got my mind to thinking like you could see someone like Jerry Jones who had, you know bought the Cowboys for $75 million and has all this equity could theoretically uh, through that logic, do something like that. There you go, Tim chomp on all that. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm, I'm no, no a prep. Great article for Vikings territory or for franchise tag. Um, so <laughs> why isn't everyone doing this? I, I, I don't know. Cause everyone seems like they are doing it now. And you refer back to the cousin situation that really did set this model for how this was going to be done. Going forward, everybody has gone to school on that one, monetarily and just from a structure standpoint. It really did change the game and how uh, quarterbacks were compensated and valued mm-hmm. in this league. Um, but I think they were in a situation with Cousins where another restructure would have put more years onto the contract. And with Barr, it was the opposite. They he agreed to it, but they had to void the final two years of the contract. And the the gamble is there. If he has a productive season, there will be more money next year, and and so uh, the the cap will go back up, and teams will have more money to spend, and you have the opportunity to make more money. So I think right. when you're better, 31 better years old and you're 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 Anthony Barr, and you're coming off a torn pectoral muscle, and you're 31, I think that's a gamble. 
I mean, if you've seen what's happened with the, even interior linemen, uh, some that have played for us and played at a high level, and then they hit the free agency thing, and it just didn't happen for them. When you're 30-plus in this game, you better still have a really solid track record or you're not going to get that money. It makes sense so far it, because they would have cut him. He's, well, yeah, maybe, but I'm just saying it, it makes more sense for Barr because take the chance next year when you can really get the payday when when the when the cap is back to a normal area and you can you go out and start you know trolling around and you're going to find something. He's banking, like I said, is on having a really good season to recover from this injury. But I can see the you know first one I thought what's he doing, but now it makes total sense to me. I mean, you got to rather than try to get squeezed in. Uh, to, to this year, why, why not uh, get the opportunity when when the bonanza is really going to be big out there next year when when people are going to be looking for free agents? And so. we have to also look at why he was initially resistant to it. Like what changed his mind? Um, I do think that they were basically saying like take the restructure or we'll, we'll cut you and eat the dead money, and we're not going to pay you thirteen million dollars a year coming off this injury, especially. Yeah, I think he had seen what had happened to the kicker, and then the punter took the restructured deal, and I think you're exactly right. He and his agent had to have sat there and read the tea leaves and said, is anyone else going to pay us 14.9 this year? $15 million for Anthony Barr? Mm, Probably not. I mean, a third of that, maybe. So I I think that he did a smart thing by getting the guaranteed money, getting it now, and gambling on the fact that he's got to produce and, and come back and play next year. Um, and, now, and now you got the guys who aren't getting the money, but who are still out there. I mean, we have several players that um, the Vikings aren't going to make qualifying offers to who are going to hit free agency. How will they feel about that? Will they be willing to come back? And at what rate will they be willing to come back? And um, my guess is that uh, everyone's going to start bargain shopping pretty quick. Well, I saw some initially, and I think it's been clarified um since but some of our writers internally were really kind of confused as to why a team like the Vikings who uh, doesn't have a ton of cap space to work to play with more than maybe some of us I'll say me thought we would um but you know it's not like they have the pick of the litter for every single position of need would go out and, and and get a guy like Tomlinson who a lot of people thought it was kind of redundant with Michael Pierce uh, coming back next year um and uh, you know i'm bullish on this move because i feel like if there was any deficiency that, that stood out the most on this defense in 2020 it was the lack of a traditional uh, or even real no tackle in the middle you know teams just running the ball you know jaleel johnson who's a three tech you know, playing no tackle he's not big enough and now that the vikings essentially have two pretty big guys clogging up that middle now with with um, Thompson moving to the three tech position and I think it's just a you know assuming some of these other things are true with Anthony Harris maybe coming back a healthy bar a healthy Kendricks uh, we can talk about um, Hunter in a minute but you know looking back at the 2020 season if they had Michael Pierce in, in some of those situations and then uh, some semblance of an edge rush on, on both or one side, you know, things could have turned out a, a lot differently, uh, especially with how well the offense was performing at times. Um, what, do you, what is your guys' initial take on the Tomlinson move? Do you think it was money well spent or that could, that money could have been uh, maybe better used elsewhere? Joe? Um, you know, I, I was initially pleased with it because I know that line, the defensive line is in such a, a deficiency 
after this last season. You got to get uh, Daniil Hunter back to to make it uh, to make all these moves uh, good. I'm I'm glad to see that uh, uh, Michael Pierce is is happy about the move, and you know it it, it does go a long way to helping uh, stop the run for this team. Although you better then start getting your quarterbacks and your secondary situated because the people are going to throw the ball on you if it's going to be tougher to run. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I don't know much about Tomlinson and how well he's done. I've looked at his stats, but I haven't really paid that much attention to him. But uh, 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 so far, so good, I guess I would say, as far as being a good move. Yeah, his his uh, stats, I mean, his, his – uh snaps are, are almost 50 50 on runs and passes so he's a guy who can you know cause some penetration can push the pocket and if you can dictate which way the quarterback's going to go or the offense is going to go um that that's really important and i also think that i, I just am tired of the vikings being undersized on defense i mean it's great if you have mobile guys but you know we talked about this we need big guys who can put their hand on the ground and move people and I think both those guys qualify, and they sound as if you alluded to Joe Overly that excited about the opportunity to play together. And I also would think that this would bode well for not only your linebackers but for your defensive ends because you, you are forcing um, if, if you're gonna if you're gonna run a, a play where you're going to say okay we're pushing Rodgers this way, and if it's Daniel Hunter's way, then I'm pretty excited about that if I'm Daniel Hunter. So I know we've, we're all trying to read the tea leaves to, to, to Hunter, and, and you know they've got to do something for Daniel Hunter. I mean, it's almost embarrassing the contract that he signed versus mm. what other defensive ends are getting now. It, it's, you, you can't almost – it's ridiculous to say this maybe, but I almost feel like, yeah, we almost can't expect him to only take $11 million or whatever his salary is when you've got to – Joey Bosa at twenty-seven, you know, yeah. million, and yeah, you know, I just and and I, I, I Hunter has never done anything but perform. When mm-hmm. he has been on the field, he's been the consummate professional, and so I think it just the whole thing setting up to where everyone's going to be mad, but I think it's going to be some sort of an edge rusher or something with that fourteenth pick or with the twenty-third pick, whatever they trade back to, uh, I see, and then they'll I, try to come back and get an offensive lineman. I see a, a big bonus in Daniel Hunter's future, personally. <laughs> They're going to have yeah. to do something, right? Exactly. Yeah, I, I don't think Hunter yeah. leaves without him. I don't think he goes to war without him, you know, because he knows his, his the, the viability of his secondary is re- reliant upon the, the, the pass rush. And if you've got one of the best in the game on, on your – under contract, you're going to try to keep him somehow. So go ahead, Joe. I just, you know, and I've said this before, so I don't want to be repetitive, but I feel like every variable in the Daniel Hunter thing is just bad. You know, it's uh, the type of money he would garner is something that, you know, I find a little strange. You know, I honestly thought, you know, seeing some of these restructures and, and people like Bradley Reef getting released, I thought they were gearing up to be able to pay Hunter, and now they're reducing that amount because they're signing other people. Um, I just don't know, outside of that bonus thing that, that we talked about, um, how they're going to be able to afford him. That's part of it. The other part of it is, do you want to lock down, you know, a $26, 27000000 million a year edge rusher who is coming off of the injury that he had you don't know if he's going to be able to perform um but that in hunter's mind that's should is the number one thing to him saying 
you know, my next snap could be my, my last. I need to make as much money as I can while I'm playing. So it doesn't make him feel any one way or the other about it. I mean, it doesn't make him say, well, I get it. You know, I'm injured, uh, so on and so forth. He also knows that somebody will pay him that money. Um, and so I, I just feel like, you know, this week there was, you know, news of, you know, the Vikings signing Tomlinson and there's a report that there, uh, there's an offer out there for, to bring McKenzie Alexander back, which I most definitely think is going to happen. Um, and th- I think that's where we got the news from Hunter's camp. Uh, essentially, you know, he went on Instagram, we took all the Vikings stuff down to create news, to create leverage. And his agent came out and said, you know, everything's on the table, including, you know, sitting out or forcing a trade. And I think that stems from that frustration of saying, well, why are you are getting further away from the goal if you're just going to be signing these other guys? Um, and so I, I mean, uh, people that listen to the show before or even the intro to the show know that I tend towards. I've told you this before, Oberly. Like, uh, whenever there's something that happens with the Vikings, any sort of new stimuli, I always think of what's the worst possible outcome, and then I basically <laughs> say that's probably what's going to happen. Uh, I just can't see a happy end to this in Minnesota, and it that is awful because he is, you know, broke all those records as the youngest guy, you know, to get to many sacks by the age of 25. He's arguably the best edge rusher in the entire NFL, he is transformative on the field, and and it just feels like we're all ignoring the fact that the Vikings aren't even trying to get the type of money they need to re-sign him, unless I'm missing something. What do you, Tim, what do you think? Grab any Yeah, I, 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 I'm, just... I'm intrigued about how this is all going to, to play out also, and and I, you, you've said this to me before, and I uh, I agree with you. It, it, it doesn't look good but there has to be some sort of a, a path forward. And I just believe that this is where, you know, if you're the Vikings, you're obviously taking the advice of whatever the medical personnel are. And, and they've got to be able to tell you that, you know what, there's no reason that he can't line up and play this year. And again, at his age, he's just really heading into his prime. And he may have lost a, a bit of a step, maybe off of his first you know year or two in the league, but um, he's such a physical wonder that, you know, he, and he's just heading into what Denny Green would call his man strength. Um, so I really believe that if you sign him to a three-year contract, you're going to get three really good years out of him barring injury. But that's, that's any, anybody in this game. I mean, one play could be over for anybody. And he knows that now too. And that's why if he is going for the money, it's because it, maybe it's not because he can't play anymore, but he does know that it could yeah. just be over just like that. Yeah. Yeah, they're in a t- they're, they're they're it's going to be a tough negotiations. I uh, I I'll, I'll re- say what I said a little just a little bit ago. I don't think Zimmer goes to war without him, but uh, I find some of this stuff kind of silly when you see this take p- taking down of photos and putting up of photos. You know, he must have went to talk to uh, Stefan Diggs and say, "This is how, how am I supposed to do this? You know, how do I get these guys?" And they put social media to work. I. I, uh, I, I think he's got to be their number one guy that they have to keep on this roster and they have to figure it out somehow. And they do so many different things with restructuring bonuses, extensions, blah, blah, blah. As we said, they're going to find a way to get him, get him in the door and keep him there. Yep. So I, I, I think it will happen. I do too. 
I certainly hope they, so. They actually were pursuing other defensive ends, you know, in this whole thing. So I, I don't think it was to replace him. I think yeah. it was to to put together an imposing front four. And and I don't think that it's, you know, Stephen Weatherly. I think Weatherly's a guy you put in in different situations <laughs> and cause a mismatch problem with his speed and athletic ability. But I don't think he's an every down defensive end. I don't think he's built for that. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I mean, uh, the, my thing has always been, and Joe knows this, the more that they can kind of solve these defensive question mark issues via free agency or retaining um, players that are already on the roster, the less the chance uh, that Zimmer will ignore the offensive line in the early rounds of the draft. You know, I don't, the last thing I want is to have any excuse to draft another corner in the first or second round. <laughs> I really like the idea of, of Mackenzie Alexander coming back, even though I wasn't the biggest fan of his. Um, I do understand, though, uh, I reached out to him for a story about his time here, and he kind of uh, LOL'd at me on, on uh, Twitter, and then I was like, oh, yeah, I, I get it. You, you have no idea who I am. But I was just like, you know, uh, I've worked with a couple guys, you know, uh, off, on or off the record or whatever. And he was—he's responsible. He's like, I just don't want to waste your time. Um, he's, uh, I'm not in the position where I can really speak openly right now. And then, you know, a couple of days later, we hear the news that uh, he might be rejoining the Vikings, which uh, I thought was telling. Um, that's close. Oh, to so this is recent that you reached out to him. Yeah, we just talked. Like uh, he messaged me back like a week ago, and. Because I was like, you have no reason to trust me. I spoke to the guy that has a Facebook page or a Twitter that you know, and he's like, no, no. Um, I've heard you guys before. I've read your stuff. Like, I just don't want to waste your time because I'm not really in the position where I can speak openly right now. And then I kind of uh, thought about that, what he meant, and then I saw the news about you know the offer on the table, and I said, well, that makes sense. Um, Which brings so, up another point for me, to, if if I can jump in here real quick. Of course, my friend. Uh, <laughs> what what I was talking about earlier and what we hear and what really happens should how much should we put on the fact that he was disgruntled and that's why he left because he got played in the seventeenth you know meaningless game uh, last year how much you know uh, is that just talk and uh, how much of that is real because here he is if the money's ready all all's forgiven coming back to well to yeah I think he, um, so I wrote, I wrote an article about it today and I don't know if you guys. Um, we're big fans of The Simpsons in the 90s, but one of the best episodes ever is when Homer finally, uh, when he has I two kids, yeah, he has <laughs> just Bart and Lisa, Maggie isn't born yet, and he gets his, to quit the power plant to go work at the bowling alley, and then he finds out that Marge is pregnant, and he has to basically go back, and they ask him, are you an applicant or a supplicant, and he has to like crawl through this like little dusty hole so that he <laughs> when he comes out, Mr. Burns is there and can say, you came crawling back, eh? It kind of felt to me, um, you know, uh, Cassie Alexander, I think, took a risk in taking a one-year deal over a more uh, longer-term deal that the Vikings had offered him, kind of a prove-it deal in Cincy. And, you know, I, I don't you know, watch the Bengals very much, but I know that his, he did not have a good year. Um, it was the worst year I think he's had as a pro, at least in, in terms of PFF grades. And so I think he did what most people would do, which is saying, man, I should have taken that deal with the Vikings. Yes, it. Uh, I, I don't think they treated me right, but it's either that or getting – 
another one-year deal somewhere else, whereas maybe the Vikings will give me something a little more consistent. Um, that was my interpretation anyway. Well, he had a contentious uh, time here. I mean, early on, he was resistant to, to fall in the fold for, for Zimmer. Zimmer has his cornerbacks play a certain way, his defense play a certain way, and and uh, McKenzie was trying to always freelance a little bit too much, and Zimmer would come out and say that. So, there, you know, I, I figured – Okay, then maybe he did rub him a little bit wrong, but maybe he found out that the grass isn't always greener on the other side and, and wants to come back where he thinks they really know how to play. Because by the time he left here, he had finally got it. He had finally given over to, you know, wanting to play Zimmer's defense. So I always found it really interesting that he did leave because, you know, once you, you finally give in and say, okay, I got to be a team player rather than a me player and – and so I find all this really interesting. I'd, I'd love to see him back. I think he was just coming into his own. So, and maybe this is the place to be, but boy, it's all just uh, strange machinations going on behind the scenes here. And it would also yeah. reduce the need to maybe draft because, you know, obviously Mike Hughes is, is most likely down after this year. Um, you know, having Mac, even though he's 26, 27, would get kind of a, elder statesman role, like the Terrence Newman role, even though he's 10 years younger than Terrence Newman was when he was in that role here. Um, you know, someone who's been in the system, who gets it, who can, you know, also play the nickel, maybe play on the outside like he did in college, uh, you know, teach these guys up a little bit out on the field. There's a lot of benefits to it, I think. What do you think, Tim? Yeah, I, I just was really intrigued why you thought that this was such a, and you've, you've, you've explained it, but I was wondering why you thought that this was so likely he was going to come back, because his last year with the Vikings, he didn't do an interview like the last two mm-hmm. months, maybe more of the season. I mean, he refused everything. So it was obvious he did, he wasn't going to say anything bad because he, he had nothing nice to say. He really was not happy, Joe. He went and did what he played that nickel spot, but he didn't want to. Yeah. And, and, and it really ended up value, you know, raising his value, got him the contract that he wanted, but he left. I mean, he, he just the door didn't hit him on the way out. So how do you resolve that, you know, on the way back? He, he's got to come in with an understanding and with having come to terms with the fact that that he's going to play that spot. And the Vikings are, are counting on the fact that he's going to play that spot. So I don't know if it's as done a deal as, as it maybe as people think it is. Um, but I guess I guess I would not be as surprised as I would have been. Uh, a month ago because I didn't think there was any way he'd be coming back or that they wouldn't necessarily want him back because when he left here, he wasn't a happy camper. Yeah. I think failure can teach people a lot of things and humble people. And I think that um, the Vikings lucked out in that they probably would have offered him more money last off season uh, or more guaranteed money or long, longer terms. Uh, And now he kind of basically has lost whatever little leverage that he had. Um, last offseason by doing this, and they can basically say, well, if you don't sign with us, who's going to take you? Do you want to really do another year-to-year thing, or do you want to you know, come through and get two to three years or whatever? And it'll you know, cost them less than maybe someone else that they could get of equal value. And he understands the system, so you don't have to worry about the acclimation process. And he's played okay. I mean, he's never been really anything to write home about. He's had some good stretches, but he's also had some kind of head-scratching moments. Um, yeah. But, it's some splash plays too, yeah. Yeah. So it's it's at least something, I guess. Joe, can I ask you a question? Something you touched on earlier that I, I didn't realize was happening. You said it's now starting to look more likely that Anthony Harris might come back. I hadn't heard that. Is that is that okay? Right? So that is per. Um, let me 
double check where I got that from. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was Doogie. Doogie. Oh, okay. Um, well, that, that I was, Darren Doogie Wilson. I, I, I was really actually surprised by that as well. Um, yeah, I thought it, I would thought it was foregone conclusion that he's gone. To be honest, yeah. so I was says, surprised. He, to he tweeted, uh, "Vikings making a push to keep free agent safety Anthony Harris." I hear, and then uh, he does a second tweet. I don't, I don't know the verbiage for that because I'm not a big Twitter guy. Keanu O'Neill is another safety that has come up with the Vikings. Seems one way or another they'll add some safety via free agency, which is st- which still has a long way to go. Um, yeah, I mean. That well, also... that's interesting. Yeah, that's a contentious relationship potentially because of the fact that they franchised him last year, and who, who knows how from one player to the next how they take that. So also, uh, I mean, not to keep belaboring this point, but would anybody in media or or on the show or fans be happier if they kept Anthony Harris and then Daniil Hunter walked? I mean, I don't understand. That you can't have both. There's absolutely no way you can keep both. So maybe it's well, a con- contingency plan, but th- we don't have the type of money to be keeping a, a Anthony Harris around at you know what ten to twelve million dollars a year. And we established earlier you can do whatever they want, y'all. Well, I suppose. <laughs> and, and I, I I read this somewhere else, and this may have been from Doogie also that right away in free agency, either Cincinnati or Cleveland retained a safety. And at the rate they retained him, they're like, well, if he only got that, that means Harris could probably fit in the Vikings slot. So the market may be set not as high as maybe the Vikings believed it was going to be. And you've got the two sides now looking at each other like Harris didn't have a great year this past year. And he's I don't know if I say regressed, but or maybe teams sort of figured him out. But he just wasn't the year before. He was kind of a revelation. He was always in the right place at the right time. And this past year, it seemed like he wasn't. And, I feel like uh, part of that, though, was the fact that they just had them playing like cover two all the time to compensate for the young corners. Like he wasn't necessarily able to like freelance and, and ball hawk it much because he was trying to basically keep the rookie corner in front of him um, alive, uh, for lack of a better word. <laughs> I, I have to think that as part of it. But then the, on the other hand side of it, Harrison's had probably more interceptions last season than he's had his entire career. So it's just a, there's probably no logic to what I just said. It just I know that they clearly had to do a lot of help with those corners, and that kind of changed their typical uh, way of, of running that defense. Yeah, well, it wasn't the results weren't there either, and you can see there. Obviously, you know, Spielman made this comment last week. I look at um, you know, Devin Daniel Hunter back and and Pearson, uh, you know, as, as free agents. They, we've already got free agents. We've got joining our team, and now you add in Tomlinson. So they've made themselves better up front. Barr comes back. It doesn't look like Wilson will. Is that better or not? I think we could probably argue about that one until you know the end of the show, and then some. If we're, sta- we're static at safety and we're static at corner and maybe adding Mackenzie Alexander, maybe we have improved ourselves. Um, this is a team that, you know, just collapsed on so many levels last year. and The depth wasn't there even for special teams. So this to me would be like if you would have gone into this, you know, in a better position salary cap wise, you, maybe you're adding athletes um, like this, this other linebacker they added to be sort of a depth guy. But, you know, he's got to be a special teams guy because mm-hmm. they just haven't had that 
part of the that third of the equation. And I, I loved it when I saw that, you know, there was some talk for a moment there about perhaps Daniel Carlson coming back. And I thought I could see Daniel oh. Carlson. If they have even mentioned to him, Is Mike Zimmer still there. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, totally. I, I don't think so. Uh, you brought up depth. I just want to ask a quick question. Why, why, why did they let Shamar Stefan go then? Steven or let him go because this wouldn't he with the other guy moving in, wouldn't he be a good depth person is, or is that, you know, at what with, price? Yeah, I mean, couldn't you maybe? That, that, you know, no, but Joe, but that's what it all comes down to is under the the money that we're still trying to figure out. How do we keep Harris and how do we keep um, Daniel Hunter, Hunter yeah. and and the, and the contract money they would have owed him and would have owed Odenabo? Um, they don't fit. But if they now get into free agency and they don't get a great offer from somewhere else, would they want to have them back? Probably. Will these guys want to come back for less money? And you guys said earlier, no agent would be good with that. Well, happened to Riley Reef last year. I mean, they let him go late, and then then he wasn't really going to go anywhere else, and they, he took less to stay. Would these other guys take less to stay, depending on the system and the, the opportunity to perhaps put up numbers and maybe go someplace else next year when there is more money? I mean, you don't want to be out of the league either. I just don't know. We don't know what's going to happen with BB. We don't know what's going to happen with Stefan or. Oh, Danik Bo, you know, these are guys that we've invested time and money in, but right now the the money they're due, they don't fit. And uh, no, but nobody's grabbed up Reef yet either. You think with a starting left tackle in the league coming off a really good year, there may be some uh, some steam on him, but I haven't heard a peep. Has anybody else? No. I've heard uh, that a couple NFC teams are looking at him. Um, ah. they, the, the headline was... Um, NFC rivals of the Vikings, so let me double check. But I, I will say, just as a side note, and this wasn't on the agenda, um, I am a little surprised that Cousins hasn't offered to take a pay cut in some way. Um, if, you know, Tim, last week or the week before, you said something about Cousins um, that, that you yeah, you really believe that he wants to win a Super Bowl in Minnesota. He wants to win here. Um, you know, I think that. Well, I think it's an oversimplification to blame his contract for in the financial issues that this team has had these last couple of years because, again, his cap hit last season was $21 million and they still had to cut bait with tons of guys, Val uh, Joseph and so on and so forth, um, everything given. Uh, I, I think if, if he really is looking at the delay of the land right now and seeing, okay, well, maybe they can, they can only keep – Harris or Daniel Hunter, and what does that mean for our chances to win? Where was this team last season? What would the defense look like with Barr, Kendricks, Daniel Hunter, uh, those two big guys now in the middle of that line, both those awesome safeties, maybe we got back Mackenzie Alexander. Uh, those corners uh, showed some semblance of growth towards the end of last season. That's something worth you know getting excited about, but losing Daniel Hunter is such a huge thing that you, you would think that he might say, okay, well, I've already made a ton of money um and he took less money to come here than going to new york for example that he would just say like can we reduce my cap this season by five million or just something i'm just a little surprised that that hasn't happened um not to say that he that, that he he's a bad guy for not doing it uh, i said earlier that he is you know he's a businessman um but i i would think that that would be a very nice gesture i guess is my point yeah, it wouldn't hurt from a public relations standpoint. That is, uh, that's Good for point. sure. And 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 again, you're asking, you know, you're going to put it out there. Um, 
you know, and I'm Googling it. Why hasn't he um, restructured his contract? And, and um, I, I don't know if it, if it means that it, they've got to add more time. And I, I don't know what, I don't know what the poison pill is in that, because you would think that from both standpoints, the Vikings and cousins, if this was an easy fix, they would have done it. Yeah, isn't it the fact that he's got so much guaranteed money coming as soon as the date passes here that that the only option you have is to add more time and the Vikings are not are reluctant to do that. I think you said that earlier, Tim. Um I I would that would make sense to me that you know, there's there's no movement there. There's you know, they they're probably looking at maybe drafting a younger quarterback and to start going into, you know, putting together the future of the that position for the team. I don't know. And so you don't want to extend cousins too far down the road. If, if, if he's, you know, going to be that much of a liability, he's not even going to play for you. So. Well, the, another part of it too, is that, you know, um, if you were to cut cousins right now, you, it, it would be 45 million in dead cap space. Dead money. Yeah. But next season it's only 10 million. Um, and so any restructure, uh, would obviously change that dynamic and I obviously don't think they're going to cut him because they don't really have anybody behind him unless for some reason somebody really special falls to them um at 14 and then there's like you you got to take that guy you know like Justin Fields or something or the (coughs) Trey Lance the the guy everyone seems super enamored with um you know it's just it's interesting to see I mean again it's just it's really hard as somebody who, you know, well, all of us obviously love this team, but as someone who hasn't seen the Vikings play in the Super Bowl, I always love this time of year because of all the possibilities. Uh, the pretendies, I love the pretendies, and it just feels like we're a little hamstrung in that regard. Um, but, yeah, it's all about Daniel Hunter the rest of the way, or at least you would think it, it would be, and anything that isn't about him it also tells you something about how that's going. Uh, so, you know, I, I guess we'll see, uh, where the chips land. I did want to also, um, highlight, um, your story that, uh, from earlier in the week, Tim, that I believe I posted on Vikings territory. Uh, let me double check. It might be on purple PTSD actually. Um, either way I'll cross. So it'll be on both sides, but it's, uh, it's a really, really, um, great story and and one of the things that is kind of a new focus for us uh, that was actually one of the most earliest um missions of purple ptsd when i started that site back in geez may of 2015 it was doing a lot more um we have a a category called you know vikings history and rewatching old games on youtube and chatting about them and i feel like there's just a lot just this wealth of amazing um you know just stories and uh players and you know the, the vikings are a very shakespearean club you know it's this romantic romanticize these seasons and and so i, I always love stuff that uh, delves back into uh older eras but also kind of provides a peek behind the curtain because you know you've had experiences that nobody really gets to have uh I maybe get uh, to to DM a you know a player every once in a while, and that means the world to me. But your story uh, is so great, uh, so I, I was I wanted you to kind of explain it to the audience so they can check it out. 
Well, since you've, you've allowed me to do these McNiss musings and, and um, I just kind of share my own thoughts on different topics, but one of them is you know, something I think everyone can relate to, you know, my painful life as a Vikings fan and I write different stories about different chapters and things that have happened. And um, as it were, when I went to work for care in 94, they bought the rights to become the official Viking station, which meant that we broadcast five, I think, preseason games and then I did the coaches show throughout the year. And I have a couple of stories about just doing the coaches show too, but this was um, the, the analyst was a former Viking offensive line by the name of Dave Huffman and Huffman had played at Notre Dame uh, with uh, Joe Montana. And um, it was a very opinionated guy, very funny guy, but I mean, he was like six, six, 330 pounds. I mean, Dave was a big man. Wow. And, and so I tell a story about starting out, you know, the first time I ever went out with him, we're literally walking from dinner to the bar without breaking stride. He reaches into this like plant, a sort of display at this hotel, picks up a terrarium, turns it over without breaking stride, shakes it, dumps the plant, you know, out, the living plant out into the dirt of a larger plant, walks with the dirty terrarium, puts it down on the bar and orders a drink to be served <laughs> in the terrarium. <laughs> so I think we're getting tossed, right? This yeah. bartender does not look happy. But again, Huffman is 6'6", 330 pounds. Yeah. He starts schmoozing this guy. Soon he's cleaning out the terrarium and he mixes up. And I wish I could tell you it was a martini versus a Manhattan. I don't know what it was, but he made him a drink in that thing. And that was Huffman's <laughs> glass for drinking the rest of the night. <laughs> so um, it was an incredible experience to be sort of in his uh, wing, you know, under his wing or in the wash, or whatever, as he went from place to place. I was just part of the entourage. And um, so later in the year, the Vikings are playing Tampa down in Tampa. And we go out to dinner and then out afterwards. And there's two guys who are there as guests or, you know, of a, of a Viking staffer. That's all I'll say. And uh, they're giving him grief all night, telling him, you know, oh, you suck. You, you're so overrated as a player. And now you're fat and you're old and blah, blah. And this, they're, they're on him all night and saying that they could, you know, beat him like in a pass rush situation. Oh, God. Yes. And this Wait, goes so on and Just to reiterate, these are regular men. You know what? I, as I said, they were like my age and size at the time. Would have meant you know, early thirties and about you know, five nine, five ten, and less than two hundred pounds. Oh. And they they want to they want to pass rush against this former Viking, and he keeps telling them not to do it, not to do it, not to do it. Well, the story goes on that that they 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 try, and this you should read the story to see kind of the end result. But I mean, I just <laughs> it was one of those things where you're standing in you know in a street in Tampa at about two two thirty a.m. Watching something, go. Am I really watching what I'm watching right now? Because you've been drinking all night, you know, and everything, and uh, it was just uh, wow. He he was great on on the air too, right? He, I I remember him on K Fan for a long time. Just just uh, great in a, in in that setting, you know, it, with with a microphone in front of him. Is that do I remember that correctly? You do. He was very opinionated, very sharp on his feet, very witty, a funny guy. He got in trouble sometimes. But he would he would color outside the lines and. You know, sometimes his uh, his uh, brain had to catch up with his mouth, um, and he ended up doing some apologizing. But it, it got it made for good radio because a little shock value there. Um, but he was a really dynamic man, bigger than life, really, and uh, did not uh, is no longer with us. And that was a sad story. Yeah. Um, but I've got that sort of all all wrapped up in that that piece. And you know, I appreciate getting the opportunity to share some of these stories because I I don't want Dave to be you know forgotten either. And I told Joe uh, 
Johnson that, you know, one of the nicer things was one of the first people that, you know, wrote, didn't write anything, but I saw had read the piece and, and put a heart on it was uh, John Randall. You know, so John would have known, you know, Dave near the end of Dave's career is when John was just getting started. That's great. I'm going to have to check it out. That's the type of stuff that like, you know, um, I think is really special. You know, that's a really, really amazing story. And, you know, I'm not talking down about some of the other content we're doing, because I think it's all valuable, you know. But the, oh, yeah. But, you, you know, we cover all the same transaction news, everything. you, you got to cover everything. But, you know, I've you always just had team. a, yeah. you know, and I'm sure every team is kind of like this, but, you know, growing up in the house I, I did uh, with my dad really, you know, only showing most emotions that he displayed during Vikings games and not understanding it really uh, wholly until I was 12 and Randy Moss came to town. Um, you know, those are the stories that kind of bind us all together. And it's the type of stuff that I think um, a lot of places kind of overlook sometimes And, and there's just, so I, I, I love um, hearing those stories. I'm, I'm super glad that you're uh, sharing those with us and on our network. One of these days I'm going to have Joe, um, out the the eternal question, the biggest mystery in Vikings history, which I'm not gonna say too much here, Joe, but is who threw the whiskey bottle at that ref during the <laughs> Cowboys game? And uh, Armin Terzian, uh, the uh, that's the ref. Yep. Uh, Oberly may know the identity of who should have been the Vikings starting quarterback. Apparently, <laughs> my dad was at wow. that game. Yeah, oh, I, I do know somebody that was uh, pinned for it. He said he threw a bottle, and and uh, he uh, says his didn't hit it, hit, hit the referee. But my brother, who played played a sport with him, was with the game with him and said it did hit him. So I don't know. You know, it, it's all hearsay. But uh, I'd, I'd rather a not. Great that. throw. I mean, where were they sitting? The vol- like the, the way my dad always explained it was that what angered him the most about it was that it wasn't the uh, – it was like the ref coming from midfield running with his arm for the touchdown, and it was like that's not – why is he the one exclaiming touchdown? He's like – you know, we said asking from like the 50-yard line down to the end zone with his hands up in the air, somebody clipped him in the head with a whiskey bottle, and he fell down with his arms still straight up in the air. It was just like the greatest <laughs> – Greatest moment of all time, um, but well, I will. No, it was the worst moment of all time. But, yes, um... Do you want to know something that make you guys both quit this show right now? Mm. I don't think um, Pearson pushed off. <laughs> I, and there's I, another show for the future. You know, uh, I can tell you about my experience with Tom Landry, where I said to him, "You, you and I both know Pearson pushed off." I said and, the same thing to Roger Staubach at a different, different occasion. And what did, and they, what say? did they say? Landry laughed. It was great. He was the day he got inducted to the same Waco time. Wow. And he said to me, as he said, you don't, you don't sound like you're from around here. And he opened the door. So I said, well, as a matter of fact, I'm from Minnesota. And I think we both know that Drew Pearson pushed <laughs> off. And he just, he laughed. And he said that we had, we sure had some great games was how he said it. You know, oh, he was such a class that. act. I mean, you, you found out so much about him from his, you know, he was a world war two fighter pilot, you know, and just had been just a great, you know, guy all the way up through the ranks. We couldn't have been more of a class act in that day. And 
you know, that era of man is just gone. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Like we were just talking gone. about with, with Dunkirk. You know, yes. um, those yes. regular people just saying, and I'm sure a lot of them were World War vets, so they got it. Not, you know, but the line in that movie when the, the, uh, the fighter pilot he picks up, he's like, we got to go home. He's like, if we don't do this, there'll be no home to go back to. It's just the greatest generation, you know, I know that they, they had their faults and everything, but they, they were a very principled generation of people in individually. Um, and it's, uh, it's definitely not around anymore. The sort of stoicism I'm used to, um, from my Swedish, my, the other half, half Irish, half Swedish, essentially that's, uh, that's gone by the wayside. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I want people to definitely check out FranchiseTag.com. We're really proud of it. It's it's a labor of love, like all of these sites that Dustin and his uh, managing editing partner, uh, Wes Johnson, have put together a really great team of, of writers who are all handling each different division and you know we're pumping out a lot of different articles and we're going to be adding more staff and building it but you know all those articles are are really really well done and so i hope people start to check that out and remember to you know follow it on on twitter and on facebook as that develops uh we'll, we're going to be in the next week launching an nfl uh draft prospect database called the drafteam.com that should be done by this time next week that is run by uh, our, our managing editor of uh, Vikings Territory, uh, Kirby O'Connor. They already have like 150 uh, draft profiles set up. Um, people probably have seen Kirby and Josh's draft uh, prospect breakdowns on either Vikings Territory or people PTSD. Uh, they're, you know, really, really well done. And so we have that. We have a bunch of other cool sites. We have our first app coming out that's going to really kind of pull all this together and be very social media focus to have a lot of features for people to be able to share those types of stories, pictures, videos. If people are at the game, they can share stories on an activity wall and, and meet people for tailgating and trade tickets and, and find, you know, homemade Vikings crafts, something that we've been really working on since 2017. And it's, it's really close to actually being a real thing, which is a little surreal because there were points where I, I wasn't sure I was going to be able to, to stick the landing on this because app development is just so much far out of so far out of what I'm accustomed to do from an IT perspective, and it's restrictively expensive. Um, and so uh, that'll be coming up in the next couple of weeks as well. So stay tuned to the entire Oofta Sports Network. We got a lot of exciting stuff. The most exciting part of it, though, is that Mr. Tim McNiff is day by day two steps forward one and a half steps backwards plugging away to launch uh, some of the first shows that we're going to be doing in our new revamped Oofta TV department. Um, he, he, you've been busting your ass, man, and it, it does really mean a lot to me personally. I know uh, more than anything that, that tech issues are infuriating. I broke more than uh, more than I should say for credibility reasons on air, printers and college I always wait till the last minute, and then they will print, and then I smash them. Um, it just drives me crazy. So I, I appreciate your patience in dealing with all this cameras and green screens. But everything, people are gonna love the stuff that I've seen once it, we're, we're ready to share it with the world, which should be, I guess, in the next couple days. Soon. 
Yeah, wow. soon. Yeah, um, soon. And so we'll Fingers be announcing that, uh, announcing that heavily. And uh, hopefully by the draft, we'll be able to all hang out, do video stuff, be on the app, argue about why the pick was good, the pick was bad, so on and so forth. So a lot of cool things happening. We couldn't do it without the support of everybody in uh, the city of Detroit Lakes and around the state of Minnesota or really around the world. It uh, does actually mean a lot to us. You know, we're all having a really great time doing this. It's a dream for all of us to be able to basically cover you know, sports for a living and you guys make that possible. So thank you for everyone that listens to this show that shares the podcast that looks forward to it. Uh, it's, uh, it's going to be a great 2021 is my point, but this has been the Vikings territory breakdown for St. Patrick's day, the 17th of March. We will catch you guys next week. Have a fun night. Our cars will break down, and when they do, the repair bill can be devastating. Not anymore. You need Protect My Car. Whether it's a car, truck, or SUV, you can stop paying expensive repair bills. Call Protect My Car at 800-392-8795 now to see if you could qualify. Just tell us the make and model and get an instant quote right over the phone and get coverage today. For cars between 2008 and newer, expensive repairs for the engine, transmission, and much more can become a thing of the past. Call Protect My Car at 800-392-8795 now before your next repair bill hits. For total protection of your car, truck, or SUV, and less repair bills, plus free oil changes, free tire rotations, and free roadside assistance, just call 800-392-8795 now. Protect your car and your wallet. Call 800-392-8795. Paid for by Protect My Car. Restrictions may apply. Plans and costs for coverage may vary. Our cars will break down, and when they do, the repair bill can be devastating. Not anymore. You need Protect My Car. Whether it's a car, truck, or SUV, you can stop paying expensive repair bills. Call Protect My Car at 800-392-8795 now to see if you could qualify. Just tell us the make and model and get an instant quote right over the phone and get coverage today. For cars between 2008 and newer, expensive repairs for the engine, transmission, and much more can become a thing of the past. Call Protect My Car at 800-392-8795 now before your next repair bill hits. For total protection of your car, truck, or SUV, and less repair bills, plus free oil changes, free tire rotations, and free roadside assistance, just call 800-392-8795 now. Protect your car and your wallet. Call 800-392-8795. Paid for by Protect My Car. Restrictions may apply. Plans and costs for coverage may vary.